Hello, my name is the Reverend T.J. Cabanis of the Greater Abyssinia Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us, my brothers and sisters, in Cleveland, Ohio, in the heartland of our nation. We come to you in the remote facilities of the Greater Abyssinia Fellowship and Church of God. We join our fellowship and our, our sister churches, even those who are outside the realm of Christ. I just want to say this in every day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We must rejoice and be glad in it. The psalmist David has said in the 122nd number of the Psalms, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Holy, holy, holy. sisters if we're in our homes and we are in our homes we ask us right now to join us in a word of prayer as we bow our heads all together oh God our father on this day of joyful expectation and divine euphoria we indeed say holy 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 Lord God Almighty, 
Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We ask, O oh God, to prepare our hearts just for a moment, just for a few moments of worship. As we're in our homes and we're attentive to the Lord of God and to the word of God. Now, O oh God, allow us to recognize and realize that you are God, even in the midst of our pandemic. Let us recognize you, O oh God, rule and bless us. You bless us in all concerns and in all circumstances that involve our life and our living. And now, oh God, with gladness and a joyous and a voice and a joyous voice of praise, we invite you, oh God, into our homes, into our hearts, into our minds, and above all, into our souls. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God. Lord, you are our strength and you are our redeemer. And let all the people in our home say, in Jesus' name, amen.
Ordinarily, we would say, Nehemiah 8 and 5 says, when all the people, when Ezra opened the book, all the people stood up. But in these uh, virus times, we are suspending much of our ordinary activity. So I invite you to just join us as we talk today about what Palm Sunday says to us. The text is found in Matthew 21, 1 through 9. It reads thusly, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find a donkey tied, and the colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught to you, you shall say to them, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and put them on their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitude that went before that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And if we were in the physical sanctuary of God, I would ask our members to turn to someone to their neighbor and say to them, on this glorious Palm Sunday, Jesus Christ, when you rode into Jerusalem, I'm glad that you did not stop until you rode into my heart and my soul. Now my soul is a witness that you are indeed found a place in the church as Palm Sunday. This is the day that commemorates the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ as he rode into Jerusalem. Because of the profound significance of the day in the life of Jesus and its influence on subsequent events, it is worthy of study and honor, along with the days which commemorate the Savior's death on the cross and his coming from alive from the tomb. Today is the day that Jesus set forth his face and determined to look stridingly toward Jerusalem and even unto death. He had come to the end of his work of teaching and healing. He had gathered around him a little band of disciples whom he would leave behind to carry on. He stood up to the growing hostility of his enemies, knowing that all the while that the net of their evil design was gradually closing about him. There was now only one possible road for him. One more fight, one more battle, and then the cross. This he accepted and went forward. It was the Father's will for him. So he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. So many people tried to dissuade him. They tried to deter him. From the beginning, they tried to talk him out of it. Peter, who was probably the closest to him, told him specifically not to go. But he told Peter to get thee behind me. He told Peter that he was on the side of men and not on the side of God. His mother and his brothers tried to persuade him to return home. And he said that his true mother and brothers were those who knew the will of God and those who did it. 
The Pharisees warned him that King Herod was plotting to have him killed. And he contemporaneously reminded them that this is what we always have done. This is what they have always done with God's spokespeople. From the very moment that Jesus announced that he was going to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover festi festivity, everyone tried to stop him. But my brothers and my sisters, you and I must be determined and must never be deterred from the way of the Lord and where the Lord wants us to go. On that first Palm Sunday, the future looked dreadfully dark and dismal. It was later than it had ever been before. At this point, you and I, with our fear and apprehensions about our tomorrows, can so readily identify with the happenings of this Palm Sunday story. Jesus' future looked dark. But the master of men saw beyond man's fears and man's misgivings. He saw above all the hand of God. Can I get somebody, wherever you are, to help me say, God is still on the throne. Jesus saw not only the horizontal man, but the vertical God. And it formed a cross, his own. But he also saw that the cross pointed toward the dawn of Easter, Resurrection Day. My brothers and my sisters, when we face our Calvaries, let us too take our perspective and position from the vertical from Jesus Christ himself. The horizontal meanness of mankind must never stop us from the vertical mandated work of Jesus Christ and what he wills for us to do. We sing that hymn out loud that asks, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. The horror and ugliness of the cross is frightening, but the business of Jesus Christ brings reward that lasts forever. Let me say something right here that's so profound and so fundamental. After the cross is the graveyard, but after the graveyard, hallelujah, resurrection is time. Death for Jesus was not terminal. It was a thoroughfare that leads to eternal life. One poet put the vertical of Jesus Christ this way. He said, truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on a throne. Yet that scaffold sways the future and behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow keeping watch above his own. Oh yes, truth, my brothers and my sisters, crushed to the earth will rise again. You can't keep Jesus down no matter how hard you try. The hymnologist in the full knowledge of the power of God in Christ Jesus says to all of those, and you've read that before, go ahead, drive the nails in my hand. Laugh at me where you stand. Go ahead and say it isn't me. The day will come when you will see, because I'll rise again. Ain't no power on earth can keep me down. Yes, I'll rise again. Death can't keep me in the ground. Go ahead, mark my name. My love for you is still the same. Go ahead and bury me, but very soon I shall be free, because I'll rise. Ain't no power on earth can keep me down. Yes, I ride. Death can't keep me in the ground. Go ahead and say I'm dead and gone, but you will see that you were wrong. Go ahead, try to hide the sun, but all will see that I'm the one, because I rise again. Ain't no power on earth 
can tie me down. Yes, I'll rise again. Death can't keep me in the ground. Jesus Christ, with and in full knowledge of his mission on earth, steadfastly set his face toward Jerusalem. This begs the question, my brothers and my sisters, what does Palm Sunday say to us? Well, the first lesson that it says to us is that when you decide to do what God wants you to do, uh, you don't ever get your hopes up that you're going to get a whole lot of help and a whole lot of company. Don't expect and look for help and the applause of mankind. Or you can get a whole lot of folk to help you when you want to do the devil's work. The road to hell is crowded. The upward road to glory is lonely. Matthew, and, Matthew 7 says, Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go therein. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Very few travelers along the way, young people, young folk, watch out. When crowds and contemporaries want you to labor in the devil's workshop, crowds and a whole lot of fake and phony friends will flood your way in the ways of the world. The help and the praise of man uh, and did not fool Jesus. Jesus was a realist. He knew that when that just because people get excited as those peasants did on that original Palm Sunday, just as they uh, were doing, that does not mean that they're ready to swear undying loyalty to your cause. Jesus had known popularity before. He had seen it grow and then seen it fade away. As long as he went on feeding the people and healing their diseases, he was the toast of Capernaum. But when he started talking about denying oneself and taking up the cross to follow him, the line of support got real short. When he began to talk about the kingdom and the requirements of citizenship in the kingdom of heaven, he was no longer in demand. Make no mistake about it. Jesus knew that his, in a few days, the Hosannas would be drowned out by the cry, crucify him. That happens again and again in our time. We walk into Holy Week on tiptoe, remembering that while many cried Hosannas, few days later, would be crying, crucify him. Jesus knew time was running out. He had come to stand in the prophetic tradition as one who troubled the easy complacence of the people. He had challenged the narrow legalism which reduced the law of God to mean a code of do's and don'ts. He had said that men needed the motivation of service to others in place of always seeking mastery over them. He had said that the external piety was not nearly so important as inner integrity. So on Palm Sunday, when the crowd went wild with excitement, Jesus was not fooled into thinking that the battle would won. He knew that that kind of popularity he enjoyed was a fragile thing and that he had not even made the slightest dent on the power structure. He had not succeeded in doing what he wanted to do. And that's doing God's will. But then secondly, Palm Sunday says to us that don't let your faith falter. Jesus did not let his faith falter. Above all else, we must always keep the faith. Jesus knew he wasn't getting anywhere 
But he never once said, let's give up. He simply went on being the kind of person that he had always been. He went on saying the things that he had always been saying. He went on trying to lead people into the kind of life that he'd always tried to lead them. Many people today are ready to quit. They're ready to throw in the towel. They think that they've done, gone as far as they can go, suffered as much as they can suffer, and been frustrated as anyone can be. Sometimes our parents feel that way. They've tried everything they know how to do, but nothing seems to impress their children. Sometimes people try to do something about the manners of morals of the society, but their efforts seem like a lost call. Palm Sunday said, don't throw in the towel and don't draw back into your shell. Whatever happens, keep the faith. Every now and then, when things look dark and it looks like faith is growing weak, I read that old poem that says, don't, don't stop, don't quit. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but please don't quit. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of a cloud of doubt. And you never can tell just how close you are. It may be near when it seems to fall. So stick to the fight. When your heart is hit, it's when you seem worse that you must not quit. Whatever it is, and however it seems to hit you, the poet says, keep her going. If you strike a thorn or rose, keep her going. If it fails or if it snows, keep her going. Tain't no use to sit and whine when the fish ain't on the line. Bait your hook and keep on trying, keep her going. When the weather kills your crop, keep her going. Though till work to reach the top, keep her going. Suppose you're out of every dime, getting broke ain't no crime. Tell the world you're feeling fine, keep her going. When it looks like all is up, keep her going. Drain the sweetness from the cup, keep her going. See the wild birds on the wing, hear the bells that sweetly sing. When you feel like singing, sing, but keep her going. Somebody put it this way, keep scrapping. When you're sick as a deuce and you think what's the use, and you're tired out, discouraged, afraid, and you keep asking why they don't let you die and forget the mistakes you made. When you're chucked full of pain and you're tired, tired of the game and you want to get out of it all, that's the time to stick out your chin and fight with your back to the wall. When you've done all you can to scrap like a man, but you can't keep your head up much more, at the end of the bout, <clears throat> Leaves you all down and out, bleeding and reeling and sore. When you prayed all along for the sound of the gong to ring for the fight to stop. Just keep on your feet and smile at defeat. That's the real way to come out on top. When you're tired of hard knocks and you're right on the rocks and nobody lends you a hand. When none of your schemes, the best of your dreams, turn out in the way you plan. And you've lost all your grit and you're ready to quit. For life's just a failure for you. Well, why start in again and see if all men don't call you a man through and through. That, my brother, is the mission and message of this Palm Sunday. Keep the faith. Keep on going. Don't quit. But then thirdly and lastly, Palm Sunday says to us, 
Don't miss the grace notes in your life. Jesus above all, never miss the grace notes. Every now and then, I like to hear Whitney Phillips talk about the grace notes on the piano. The great hymn, Amazing Grace, he said, is played only on the black keys. Black folk know full well the burden of the cross. We've been carrying it for a long time. Well, if you think of life in terms of music, you know that a lot of it is played in loud, stringent tone. And there is discord, and many times the rhythm is badly managed. But there are also the grace notes, accessory tones as embellishments of melody, and generally written as notes of smaller size. You may think those small imitations of the essential meaning of the music are not important, but they are important. Jesus accepted the praise and homage of the crowd. He didn't tell the people that they didn't mean it and that they should keep quiet and go away. You remember when some of the Pharisees suggested that for the sake of decorum and conduct that Jesus ought to ask the people to be quiet? He said, I tell you, if these hold their peace, if these were silent, the very stone would crowd. I don't know about you, but I ain't going to let the rocks have to crowd for me. When a strange woman anointed his head with perfumed oil, Jesus said, she's done a beautiful thing to me. In the midst of all the deception, in the midst of all the hostility, the conspiracy and the prospect of violence and death, Jesus was still alive to beauty and the love of kindness. Sometimes, my brothers and sisters, because life gets desperate, and because there's so much evil in the world, we have to miss the grace notes, the black keys on the keyboard. When someone does you some kindness, be grateful for it. Be thankful. When someone is complimentary to you, accept it graciously and gracefully. When someone smiles at you, smile back at them. If someone offers you love, don't be afraid of it, but accept it as a very priceless principle. All of this doesn't mean that there isn't tension in the world. All of this does not mean that there is not prejudice and conflict in the world. What it means is that here and there, if you're careful, you will hear the grace notes. Anybody ever heard Whitney Phillips talk about the grace notes that are played only on the black keys of the piano? It goes, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Save the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Through many dangers, charged and snares, I have already come. Twas grace that brought me safe thus far. Grace will lead me home. My brothers and my sisters, don't forget, don't miss the grace notes. Grace woke you up this morning. Grace started you on your way. Grace didn't let you sleep too late, but woke you up right on time. Don't let nothing separate you from the love of Christ. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Jesus knew that the cross lay ahead of him, but it was at the cross, at the cross, at the cross for you and at the cross for me. I want to sit down now, but before I go, let me tell you that for me it was at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight and now I'm happy 
all today. Anybody here happy today? Wherever you are, be happy. Don't let the devil turn you around. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain. Free to all, a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever. Till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Let let on this Palm Sunday, we lift our hand and shout our Hosanna. And we say, right on, King Jesus. Right on, King Jesus. No man can hinder you.
Hello, my brothers and sisters. Thank you again for joining us for this great Palm Sunday and this message so powerfully given from my own father, the doctor, the Reverend Ethiophilus Kavnis. If you'd like to send donations to our church fellowship, that's the Greater Abyssinia Baptist Church, 1161 East 105th Street, the heartland of our country, Cleveland, Ohio, 44108. Or push pay, as we've viewed most recently. We ask you to join us on next Sunday, if God willing. We will write, be here next week. Join us. May God bless you. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus, the Nazarene, and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned and unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful in my song could ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior. Almighty and everlasting God, our Father, Thou who art our Father, our friend, our leader, and our guide. Lord, as we are in our homes today, we ask a very specific blessing. Keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Thee. We thank Thee, O God, for the message so eloquently given this morning for our church family, our fellowship, to all of our sister churches and Christian friends, oh God, we ask for special prayer behind closed doors and in our homes. On this very high and holy day, we ask you right now, oh God, for a very special healing for our city, our state, our nation, and our world. Heal in the name of Jesus, even in the midst of pandemic. Give us direction, increase our faith. Give us confidence that we may continually walk with thee. And now, O oh God, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord be gracious unto thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and give thee peace in Jesus Christ's name and for his sake. For thy